Good afternoon, this is Jeanette Cardi from Jeanette Cardi Fitness and this is session one of my new podcast and uh, thank you ever so much for your support, for listening to this and as the weeks go on I'm going to invite numerous guests, Uh, we're going to discuss fitness, we're going to discuss nutrition, uh, menopause but today I'm actually going to just give you a little bit of an insight into my background and why I do what I do and why I'm so passionate about it. Um, So I am almost 51. I have always been involved in fitness. It's a massive, massive part of my life. And when I was younger, I competed at the English schools in running and at the nationals in swimming. So Although when I left school, I didn't really know what I wanted to do, it was kind of inevitable that I would end up working somehow in the fitness industry. And for the last 20 plus years, I've actually run my own fitness business and I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy it. When I first left school, I worked in a bank and I absolutely hated it. I worked there for three years. I used to really get the Sunday night blues, Monday morning feeling, hated it. And actually, every single Monday, I genuinely love. It's the start of the week. I just love it. And I'm very grateful, even more so once I tell you the story as to why I'm still doing what I'm doing. So, yeah, fitness has always been a big part of my life. And my family are very fitness orientated as well. But when I was approaching 40. So about actually 11 years ago, this time 11 years ago, actually, when I was approaching that age, I wasn't feeling fantastic. And I just assumed that it was maybe the start of the menopause. But I just was aching a lot. And my heart was racing. And I could not stop eating. Literally, the weight was dropping off me. And I was probably eating about every 45 minutes. And I just thought, well, maybe I've upped my training and maybe I am going through the menopause. And I remember one particular morning where I just couldn't get coffee into a cup. And this happened actually three consecutive days where I held the spoon and I had no motor skills. So I couldn't actually put the the spoon and the coffee in the cup. But again, I just thought maybe it's the menopause. And a few days later, I had my niece over to stay and we were playing around and jumping up and down on the bed. And I felt a rip, sort of a tear in my neck. And so within a day or two, I went to see a physio. And I just mentioned a couple of things that were going on with my body. And he didn't say anything. But that evening he messaged me and then the next morning he called me and he strongly suggested that I go to the doctor. So I then called him back and spoke to him and he said that he was concerned that I might have had a stroke. And I just laughed, literally laughed because I thought I'm only just 40. I'm super fit. I'm really healthy. There's no way I've had a stroke. And so... I went to teach a class and there was a doctor 
in my class. And at the end of the class, I just asked him what he thought. And he, he agreed with me. He thought, no, 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 no. But he said, why don't you just go to the doctor anyway? So I went to the doctor and he wasn't that interested. But I just asked him to speak to the doctor that had been in my class that day. And to this day, I still don't know what was said on the phone. But when the doctor put the phone down, he said to me, I'm sending you for an MRI. So within 24 hours, I was at the hospital having an MRI. I didn't tell anybody about it because I just assumed they're not going to find anything. I'm absolutely fine. So I went on my own and it transpired when I I kept apologising for wasting their time. And it turned out, they showed me the scan, that I had had a stroke, a full-blown stroke. And it probably happened about a week before, a week to 10 days before. So this obviously was quite a big shock. But in my head, it happened seven to 10 days ago. So I felt, well, it's gone. It's, it's, it's out of my control. I feel fine now. So I just carried on working, carried on teaching. And in fact, that particular night, I went and taught two classes and really didn't give it much more thought. And then I just carried on working, carried on training, didn't tell anyone about it. And one day, probably about two weeks later, I had another one, but this one, I couldn't actually move my arm, I couldn't move my leg. And this particular physio was nearby again, and he called the ambulance. Um, I was in a leisure centre at the time. He called the ambulance and I was taken uh, to the hospital and it transpired that I'd had a second stroke. Again, I was kept in overnight, but then I was told, we don't know why you've had the strokes, but off you go. Um, And then about two weeks later, at this point, I did then sit down with my family and tell them what had happened. Um, And obviously they were majorly concerned, but still, honestly, I wasn't that worried. But about two weeks later, I taught a class and I just knew something wasn't right. I know my body very, very well. So I decided to take myself up to A&E and I was so lucky the professor that was the emergency doctor on A&E was a thyroid specialist and he took some blood tests and it transpired that I had unbelievable regions and I had Graves' disease, which is a thyroid illness. And this has caused the two strokes. And his words were, if you weren't fit and if you weren't as healthy as you are, you would not have survived those two strokes. Your readings are completely off the scale. So obviously this became, you know, I had quite a serious illness at this point and it explained the weight loss, it explained the palpitations, um, the overeating, always being hungry, uh, the aching body, it explained all of the symptoms. And even to this day, I really count my blessings that I was fit and healthy, although ill, but I was healthy and I was able to fight and survive those two strokes. So I was then referred 
to the Churchill and I had a fantastic specialist who got to know me very, very well. And she said, there is a very good chance that you'll have a third stroke and you won't survive the third. So I strongly suggest that you have your thyroid removed and then you go on medication for life. Which was a bit extreme because they tend to give you medication and they tend to give you radiotherapy before they actually do full-blown surgery. But she did kind of suss me quite quite well because I am a little bit of a warrior and I, I do strive for perfection and I, I am a doer. And she said that personality trait with that illness it's likely to reoccur and you could easily have a third stroke. So uh, within 12 months, I was having the operation. And to be honest, for me, it felt felt like it was the conclusion of everything. And I was really excited (laughs) about having the operation and then starting the next year fresh and leaving it all behind. Unfortunately, Uh, they damaged my vocal cords, which can happen. But I was left unable to speak more than a whisper. And of all the things I'd been through the last 12 months, this was absolutely the worst because I kind of lost myself. I lost my, my sense of who I was. I lost a lot of confidence. I couldn't have a conversation in public. I couldn't teach. Um, and I just actually hit rock bottom and I just thought, I don't know if I can carry on. And at this point they said, you know, it could be, you will get your voice back, but it could be six months. It could be six years. We don't know. So I started speech therapy and I was given a very, uh, bulky microphone that I had to put around the transmitter around my waist and I had like a headset and I had to wear this out in the public. So if I was meeting a friend in the coffee shop, uh, everybody could hear my conversation, but it was, it was, it was the only way that I could communicate. Um, and I couldn't train in public because the vocal cords were damaged. So I was making really heavy breathing sound. So I would try to still train whilst, you know, maybe in the evening or late at night, 11 o'clock at night, I remember going out for some runs. Um, So I threw myself into the speech therapy. And, you know, every time they gave me a plan of exercises to do every other day, I did them absolutely every single day. And it was it was tough. It was really, really tough. It's easy to look back and think, oh, I got through that. But there were times where I really did want to give up and just couldn't see a way forward. I did start teaching again and I did everything with visual cues rather than talking. And that massively helped me. And I was teaching, majority of my classes were out in the community, so people knew me, um, we'd built a massive rapport, so it was it was fantastic, and I think that that helped me tremendously as well. 
And I also got back into open water swimming, which competing, which sounds bizarre, but it was something that I just started a couple of years before, really enjoyed it. And I remember having a conversation with my mum at one particular race and I was about to race and I didn't feel fantastic, but I'd been so low that a previous few weeks that I said to my mum, I'd rather be doing this and maybe it's the end. Nothing, you know, I don't survive it, but I'd still rather be doing this and live in this moment and it all be over than not live and just sit on the sofa and let my life drift past me. And I, I look back now and I think, God, that was so hard for my mum because she was on the on the the edge of the lake watching me. And that particular race, I remember I did really well. I did podium, but I got out and I couldn't move my arm, one arm, one leg. I think it was about 45 minutes afterwards. So I couldn't get my wetsuit off. I literally had no movement down one side of my body. And just even talking about it, because it's really easy to sort of think back and think, like I say, it wasn't that bad or, you know, I've moved on. Just even being open and honest about it right now is, is, is quite emotional. Um, and I can take myself back there and, you know, I didn't know if I was doing myself more damage. But I knew for my mental health, I had to do it. And I'm so grateful to my mum in particular, but to my family as well, for never ever telling me that I shouldn't or couldn't or they wouldn't support me doing those things. So I had the speech therapy and within about six, seven months, I was able to speak. And I have been left now with this bit of a husky voice. I can't shout. If someone was across the road, I wouldn't be able to shout at them. But I can be heard. I always have to teach uh, fitness classes now with a microphone. And I do suffer quite a lot with my, my throat and my voice. I still do quite a lot of the exercises now, most days. And, you know, this is 11 years on, 10, 11 years on. With regards to the strokes, I am at no more risk than anybody else because I did have Graves' disease and I had to have the thyroid removed, which means that I actually have obviously no thyroid, which means that I'm on medication now for life. Um, Which... I won't lie, I do struggle. I struggle with the fact that I'm relying on something. Um, but I know that it could be a hell of a lot worse. And, you know, I'm alive and I've survived. And I thrived, that's more importantly. And I'm happy. So off the back of that, one point when I was really, really low, I did decide that I needed a challenge. And in fact, I'm at that sort of stage right now in my life. So I'll come back to that. But I did sit there with a blank piece of paper and thought, what can I do? I need a challenge. Um, And I decided I like, I was always good at swimming. I was always good at running. So 
why don't I take up a new sport? So I decided to take up triathlon. And I didn't have a bike at this point. So I googled what I could do swimming and running. And I found as part of triathlon was a quathlon. And I saw that in 2013, yeah, 2013 was the uh, trials for the Great Britain team. And it was at Box End. And I thought, I can do that. So I trained, put my own training plan together um, and went to the trials. And I've got to be honest, I did... I did get in the top six, which meant that I could go to compete for Great Britain. But I was really disappointed because I came fourth and I just wanted to get on the podium. So I used that as real motivation. And I did go to the World Championships in Hyde Park in London in 2013. And I came fifth in the world. And again, I was obviously proud and pleased and all of my family were there but I was also disappointed so I there and then set a goal that I was going to podium and I wouldn't have an alcoholic drink until I podiumed for Great Britain now this is only age group but the competition is very strong there were some amazing athletes from America from South Africa phenomenal actually and a lot of them had been elite Bear in mind, I was brand new to this sport. Literally, at the trials, was asking people for little tips. I didn't have a clue. And I knuckled down with training. And within the year, I became European champion in Germany. And I got silver at the Worlds in Canada. So I set the goals. I set a plan and I achieved it, which in itself is amazing off the back of being so ill, you know, having the operation, and that all happened within two to three years. But actually, the reality of that was the fact that I had something to aim for had kept me going. And once I'd achieved it, I hit up quite a low. It was almost the lowest point. Um, and I didn't know what to do next or where to go. And I kind of was just a bit lost. And I felt labelled with this illness and taking medication. And I guess in a way, I've kind of been a little bit like that for the last few years. But what I've done is I've completely thrown myself into running Jeanette Cardi Fitness and I became qualified level two coach in triathlon. I now do public speaking. I go into companies and I do wellbeing talks and I actually have an agent now uh, based in London. So I kind of still needed a goal and I guess that new goal was becoming the best I could be within the fitness industry. Which then brings me to March 2020, which is a real point for everyone, isn't it? Where things really dramatically changed. And I remember I was running a triathlon camp in Portugal and it was lovely weather. We had a fantastic camp. Everyone was 
just improving and getting along. It was just brilliant. But I remember that they closed the pool on day three and it was because of coronavirus. And we were in our little bubble and we didn't have a clue. Um, and we we were just, OK, well, we can't go to the pool. We're going to the sea. And then they closed the tracks. Well, that doesn't matter for us because we got our own track at the hotel. We were coming back home and just in denial about what was going to happen. And within a week, we went into lockdown. Now, I was teaching quite a lot of classes in the community. I was working with companies, uh, offering the well-being, and I had a few personal training clients. I also taught within a couple of health clubs as well. And on that particular Friday, they just closed the doors and there was no support, no wage, no idea of what we were going to do. And it was a scary time. Again, you can look back, can't you? And, and think, yeah, I cope with that really well. But actually, if I really sit down and think about it, I actually, it was tough, really tough. But I decided I've got to do something. I don't want to do nothing. And I don't want my industry or my business just to disappear. So I will work my backside off to make sure I've still got a business at the end of this pandemic. And so I decided to go online and I set up Jeanette Cardi Fitness, Health Fitness and Wellbeing online program. And I had a few people that were teaching for me at various locations. And one of the girls, Claire, who is has such an amazing work ethic, I approached her and said, do you want to come on board and do you want to work with me, for me? And she agreed. And we went live. We went live within 72 hours. And within the first month, we had 60 members subscribed. And nearly, what is it, 19, 20 months later, we now have just shy of 200 members. We always have a minimum of 12 classes live per week. But to be honest, most weeks, there's 16, 17 classes. Our members have access to over 1,500 workouts with unlimited access. We provide recipes, nutrition talks, life coaching, run plans, 5K, 10K, half marathon, there's WhatsApp groups for running for the menopause. We have had specialists come on and do talks, a clinical psychologist. We've had a menopause specialist. We, I can honestly look back and I think Claire will stay the same. This has been the best thing we have ever done. It has been tough. And it has been worrying at times, learning how to go live, how to instruct, because people think it's just the same as instructing face-to-face. -face. It is completely different. And relearning how to do things. And so I am super, super proud of this. I'm super proud of the programme. I love our members. I love the support and the community that everybody has and gives to each other. 
And it's only the beginning because I'm obviously starting this podcast. I am running menopause, wellbeing days. I'm now back running our wellbeing days at Champneys. And we've just done one in October and it was fully booked. And there's so many exciting things planned for 2022 on our programme. And this is the best thing. Our programme is £12 per month per household. So if there's three of you in the house, as long as you share the same login, then you've got full access. The whole family is £12. And that was a real big point that I stressed at the very beginning. It wasn't about making a fortune off the back of other people's worries and stresses and the fact they couldn't get to gyms. It was about providing an alternative, a cost-effective way for people to train. And so we have people take their phone into the gym and they do our workouts in the gym where they've got structure. But we've also got people that work out completely from home. And a lot of our workouts are just with light hand weights or with a band or with no kit at all. You know, some of our classes are 15 minutes, some are 20, some are 30, some are right up to 60 minutes. So something for everyone. And for £12 a month, with no joining fee, no tie-in, it's less than a four or five cups of coffee a month. And this is looking after your mental health, your physical health and your emotional health. We also give seven days free trial. So I am, I am super, super proud of it. I absolutely love it. It has been a ridiculously amount of work that's gone on behind the scenes. But I, again, it doesn't feel like work because I really do enjoy it. And this year I moved house primarily to have a studio that I can teach from. So I've converted one of the bedrooms into a studio. And now I also have an outside gym area in the garden where I can do personal training and small groups. So again, it's about evolving, about moving with the times. And I'm really, really excited. I'm excited about the future, about the business, about where I can take it. And going back to where I was 10 years ago and I was trying to find a goal, this is similar now. So I've got the goal of the business and that excites me beyond. But I felt like I needed a personal goal. So I am going to do some crazy swim races. I am going to go overseas and do some uh, ridiculous long distance swim races. I am going to look at maybe running a retreat in this country and overseas. I am back running again. That was the other thing that came out of uh, lockdown. I had been injured and was told that I shouldn't ever run again, couldn't ever run again. And I started running when we went into that first lockdown and literally did 30 minutes, but not 30 minutes running. I walked for five minutes and jogged for one, for 30 minutes. Monday this week, I went out and I did eight mile run. So 
I honestly believe the strength and conditioning from the online program has helped me massively to get back into running. And it's something I enjoy. So I'm looking at maybe doing some ultra distances this year and just doing them for fun. I don't have to do it. I don't need to prove myself, but just to get out there and have a goal because I am a goal driven person. For the business, like I say, I'm so excited. I've got so many plans for 2022 and beyond. And I'm going to work my backside off to make sure that we get 300, 400, 500, maybe even 5,000 members. But not so many members that I can't keep this. This is the key to our program. It is personal. If somebody messages me, I reply. They can reach out to me. They can ask and get me to recommend which class to do or if they just need support or if they need accountability. That is really important to me that I always offer that. So yes, there is a limit to how many people I would work with on a personal level and even on the online program. But the whole moral of this is to give you a bit of an insight of my background and where I've come from and what my motivation is, what my why is, why I do what I do. And it's because I got a second chance. It was nearly taken away from me and I did not know what to do. My identity is fitness. I absolutely love it. I love helping people and I love mentoring people. I now incorporate the life coaching and the nutrition and I'm just happy. I'm happy to be alive and I'm happy to do what I do. So if you're at a point in your life where you're maybe feeling, I don't know where to go, I don't know what to do next. Remember, I left school at 16. I went to college in the evenings. I was a national athlete at that point and I was working full time, but I wasn't happy. I am so much happier now. So whatever situation you're in right now, it's not necessarily permanent. You can change it. And if you need any support in any direction, just reach out, message me, no fee, and I will help you. I know the people that helped me when I was at rock bottom, and I am internally grateful for their support. They were there, they listened, they supported and they let me be, they let me do what I needed to do and that was really important. So this is week one of our podcast and like I say I'm going to invite numerous guests on so if there's anybody or anything you would like us to to discuss please 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 feel free, message me and I'll see if I can get it sorted. But thank you for taking the time to listen to this first podcast. Again, this has always been an ambition of mine. So I'm super, super proud, super excited. And I'm glad that you're part of it.
Thank you very much. And if you want any further, <clears throat> see my voice is going now, but if you want any further information, just head to www.jeanettecardifitness.co.uk. Thank you for listening.